Hello and welcome to Family Room Discussions, where you invite me, Dalton Anderson, to your Come Follow Me study, and we discuss ideas, questions, and insights to the week's lesson. Let me be clear, I am not a church historian or a scripture scholar. I am your average saint trying to build my faith in Christ and deepen my testimony of the gospel and the scriptures, and I have found that by discussing Come Follow Me with others, it helps me to do just that. My sincere hope is that for those struggling to study Come Follow Me for whatever reason, maybe because you're single and you don't have others to study with, or like me, your kids are still too young to understand English, or really for any other reason, that you will allow me to join your family for about 30 minutes to help with that gospel dialogue. With that, let's start this family room discussion. Brothers and sisters, family and friends, this is episode 51, following along with lesson 49, Moroni chapter 10. We have arrived at the final chapter of the Book of Mormon. This is not the last lesson for uh, the Book of Mormon, Come Follow Me, but it it is the last chapter, obviously, of the Book of Mormon. And as I was uh, studying this week, I, uh, it's just a, I don't know about you, weird feeling for me to, to finish the record, to finish Moroni's words. And every time I finish, it's like this moment of sadness because it's, it's like watching a great television show that comes to an end. It's just, it's like, it's over. Now, obviously, this is not, uh, this is not fiction like most TV shows are. And, and we know that obviously the work continues, that the, the gospel rolls forth um, just a weird feeling. I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. Maybe it's just me. And oh, this is just something I get to live with is having these weird feelings, but it just, it is weird to, to read the, <laughs> the final chapter. Every time I come to Moroni 10, I'm like, man, we're here. It's such a depressing end to, to this record, to the people. Um, I'm actually going to start. Normally I would finish with the, the uh, verses that stuck out to me that weren't in the lesson, I'm actually going to start because there's only one verse. I know, surprise, surprise. They, we study one chapter this week and only one verse didn't make it into the lesson that, I, that stood out to me. And it's in verse one. It says, Now I am Moroni, I write somewhat as seemeth me good, and I write unto my brethren the Lamanites, and I would that they should know that more than 420 years have passed away since the sign was given of the coming of Christ. So if you look back in uh, in chapter 9, it says that chapter 9 was given about 401 A.D. When we get to chapter 10, it's about 421 A.D. So uh, chapter 9 was written by, it was, it was an epistle written by a Mormon given to Moroni. And so I am not exactly sure at what point then uh, that Mormon passes away or, or, or whatever. But that's around 20 years of, of Moroni being alone. Uh, at least, right? At least 20 years. And I just think, man, that would be tough. I, can, I, know, I know some of you guys who can't even go 20 minutes be, <laughs> being alone. And 20 years, potentially, right? It could have been 15. could have been... I mean, we don't know. But to be alone for that long, to continue to do the work and just have nobody to turn to. Um, COVID-19 has given us a, an experience this year of what it's like to do things differently, to live differently, to not be able to have the same interactions, to, uh, to have to figure out and adapt, right? I mean, Morona had to do that all alone. And I just have mad respect, not only as the prophet that he was, and the disciple of Christ, 
but the trials that he had to go through that he does not complain to us in the record about. He doesn't paint what every single day looked like for him or the things that he had to go through. He he keeps it focused on Christ, on the, on the gospel, on giving us the most important thing that we need to know and to hear. And I feel just a deep, a deep debt of gratitude to Moroni. I'm so thankful for him. I'm so thankful for all the prophets. Um, and we'll get more onto that later. But I just want to stop and, and just point out that it wasn't easy, obviously. And just like the most obvious trial of being alone for an extended period of time, uh, I don't know how he did it. And I'm grateful he did. So with that depressing thought, let's get right into this happy, happy lesson. The Book of Mormon opens with Nephi's promise to show us that the tender mercies of the Lord are over all those whom he hath chosen because of their faith. The book closes with a similar message from Moroni as, as he prepared to seal up the records. He invited us to remember how merciful the Lord hath been. Even if we think only of the many mercies recorded in the Book of Mormon, this gives us a lot to think about. What examples come to your mind? And I'm going to stop right here. And Just this year alone, for me, some things that I had been thinking about. I got a new job this year that I am in love with. I love my job. I love the people I work with. I love what I get to do for my job and just everything. I am so incredibly grateful for that. That was a big trial of 2020 for me. Um, of finding a right fit, finding where I belong, and I feel like I found it. And I I just credit that 100% to the Lord because, yeah, I, I, I couldn't have brought that about myself. And there was a lot of just little things. It was, it was literally the little stepping stones along the way that made that journey so magical for me. So that was one. That was one amazing thing of 2020. Super grateful for it. Um... My family has been provided for through this pandemic, and I know that's not a blessing everyone's been able to to receive or or have, but for me, I am incredibly grateful that uh, my family has been incredibly blessed and that we haven't had a lot of the stresses that I know a lot of other families have had, and I'm, I'm grateful for that. I'm also incredibly grateful for the health that we've experienced, we've we've had friends and family uh, get COVID and to my knowledge at least uh, just off the top of my head everyone has been able to get through it uh, everyone's been able to be healthy and strong and and that is a something I am deeply grateful for this year uh, because not everyone's had that and so those are just three things that came to the top of my mind as I was thinking about it that I've been incredibly grateful for and that I get on my knees and, and, and thank my Heavenly Father for. You might ponder the merciful way God led Lehi's family through the wilderness and across the great waters, the tender mercies he showed to Enos when his soul hungered for forgiveness, or the mercy he showed to Alma, a bitter enemy of the church who became one of its fearless defenders. Or your thoughts might turn to the mercy the resurrected Savior, Savior showed to the people when he healed their sick and blessed their little children. Perhaps most important, all of this can remind you of how merciful the Lord hath been to you. For one of the main purposes of the Book of Mormon is to invite each of us to receive God's mercy, an invitation expressed simply in Moroni's farewell words, come unto Christ and be perfected in him. And I love that last line. I love that's a beautiful conclusion. So in the Ideas for Personal Scripture Study section, the first chunk, Moroni chapter 10, verses 3 through 7, I, I can know 
the truth by the power of the Holy Ghost. Uh, it says, The promise in Moroni chapter 10, verses 3 to 7, has changed the lives of millions of people around the world. How has it changed yours? Whether you are seeking to gain or to strengthen your testimony of the Book of Mormon, Moroni's invitation applies to you. As you read Moroni chapter 10, verses 3 to 7, consider reading more, uh, more carefully than you have in the past. And I took that seriously. I did. You could examine each phrase, asking yourself questions like these. What does this mean? How can I do this better? What experience have I had with this? How has the Holy Ghost manifested the truth of the Book of Mormon to me? Also, think about someone who needs to hear your testimony of the Book of Mormon. How will you help that person seek his or her own own witness? Uh, so, before I get into the verses that stuck out to me here, I have made a, a goal for 2021. I have a Book of Mormon. I'm looking at it right now. It is a um, it's just a fresh copy of the Book of Mormon that missionaries hand out. And I am going to study it for 2021 and mark the verses that have changed my life, uh, inspired me, brought me closer to my Savior. And I am going to be praying for guidance for who I need to give this to and who I need to uh, share my witness with for 2021. So I'm letting you know that goal to keep me accountable so that I do that. And, uh, and, and I really want to do that. Uh, if you don't know... I am incredibly uncomfortable when it comes to uh, missionary work with people who like aren't of our faith. I've never had a problem sharing the gospel with those of our faith. I could get up in front of a congregation without any preparation or anything and, and deliver a talk and not feel uncomfortable. I've never, uh, I shouldn't say never, but I've never, <laughs> I'm going to say it anyway, I've never really been uncomfortable with public speaking. Um, I enjoy it. I enjoy the adrenaline rush that comes when you're sitting there and you're nervous and your heart starts pumping and it's like your vision goes blurry because you're like, oh my goodness, what if I say something dumb? I, I really do enjoy that and I've, I've enjoyed that growing up. I remember giving a talk when I was 12 and feeling that, that feeling and, and that anxiety of like giving a talk and then I got up and uh, delivered an address to the ward and Ever since then, I've kind of loved it. And so, yeah, I I love teaching. I've been able to be a uh, Sunday school teacher back when I was in college, and I love that experience. So as I go through, I've never really struggled sharing the gospel with with members or those of our faith, those who think, think and believe the same way we think and believe. Um... And I know that might sound like, well, yeah, obviously. But, I mean, you'd be surprised. There's a lot of people that actually are very uncomfortable sharing with those that believe. I struggled tremendously on my mission having to share the gospel with those who had never even heard of the gospel. And um, and I served in the South. I served in the Bible Belt. And you would think that, I mean, it, it's true. The South really is a strongly religious and Christian area. And I loved it. But there was just so many people who had never actually read the Bible. They believed it. They just never opened it or read it. Um, didn't really understand even what their church believed or or whatever. And so to have to bear my testimony or to teach those things put me out of my comfort zone. And even though after two years I learned to love it, 
I can't say that I'm very comfortable with it. And so all of that rambling to say, I, 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 I feel like that's what I want to do for 2021. I feel like that's what I want my goal to be. And so anyway, now I'm accountable for it. The verse that stuck out to me was, uh, and, and you know, because there's so many for this particular chunk, and I'm going to read most of them, but the first one is verse three. Behold, I would exhort you that when ye shall read these things, if it be wisdom in God, that ye should read them, that ye would remember how merciful the Lord hath been unto the children of men from the creation of Adam even down until that until the time that ye shall receive these things and ponder it in your hearts. Big things out here are obviously to read and ponder, but I love how it points out to remember, right? He, he remember how merciful the Lord hath been. If we could, if we could do that every day of our lives, I think we would have a great strength in denying Satan any power. I believe that would be a because I know for me, any time in my life that I have given given in to temptation or given way to Satan and his his mocking or his. Uh, all of his tricks, right? It's, I forgot. And it's so easy to forget. And so if we can just remember and constantly keep in our minds uh, whose disciples we truly are, that's a great strength to us. In verse four, it says, and when ye shall receive these things, I would exhort you that you would ask God, the eternal father, in the name of Christ, if these things are not true. And if you shall ask with a sincere heart, with real intent, having faith in Christ, he will manifest the truth of it unto you by the power of the Holy Ghost. We have to ask. We have to pray, and we have to do it with, with real intent. Is, I also think it's interesting that it's, he says to pose the question, if the Book of Mormon is not true, ask God if it's not true. I've thought about that, of, of why, and... Um, so I can't remember off the top of my head where the source for this is, this, this knowledge that I'm about to share is. But I remember growing up in a primary lesson that they said when you are praying to God and you're seeking revelation, if it's an affirmative, you'll have a burning of the bosom, uh, good thoughts, good feelings, uh, all the ways the Spirit talks to us, right? But they said if the answer is a no, though, it'll be cast from your mind, right? Like you'll be, you'll have cause to forget or whatever it is. And I wonder if the reason that Moroni is telling us to ask if it's not true is because that will be easier for us to be able to receive that witness than if we were to say, is the book true, right? Because just having good feelings might not be a clear enough sign. But if if you have to ask if it's not true, and obviously that's going to, I mean, the answer is it is true. So maybe, and I don't know. I, I, I don't know because when I received my witness of the Book of Mormon, I was very little I don't remember it being a huge experience I remember doing I read the Book of Mormon I remember doing exactly what Moroni asks us to do I had read it I pondered it and then I prayed about it and I mean I I do not remember having this big out-of-body experience I just remember being like yep it's true going to keep moving forward that was kind of that's how a lot of my testimony has been actually there have definitely been things in my life that were big moments but as far as uh knowing the truth of the Book of Mormon, knowing if the church is the church of God, knowing if uh, Joseph Smith really received from the first vision and and all the things that have been restored. It wasn't big experiences, just like, yep, it feels right. Just something feels right. And those feelings have kept me going far more than the 
the big experiences. That's me personally. I don't know about you. Uh, but that was something I've been thinking about. Then in verse 5, it says, And by the power of the Holy Ghost, you may know the truth of all things. This isn't just for the Book of Mormon. This isn't just for our testimony of the church. I, I think we need to really stop and ponder this a little bit more, and then we need to act on, on this knowledge. We can learn the truth of all things, of anything, through the Holy Ghost. So if there's that question that has been in your mind for however long, maybe your entire life, and you, you haven't asked Heavenly Father, like, I would ask, why aren't you asking those questions? And is it because you believe you won't receive an answer? And if you believe you won't receive an answer, then what do you need to do to recognize that you can receive the truth to all things through the Holy Ghost? How do you get converted to that? Because Moroni is pointing it out. I mean, it's just in one line. And by the power of the Holy Ghost, you may know the truth of all things. I believe that to be true. So I know for me, with any of the questions that I have, I do ask. And I don't always receive answers right away because I have to go through the process of, of revelation. And it's not most often, for me at least, it has not been an easy, I ask the question and then boom, I'm hit with knowledge. But I do get to go on a journey and a process where I have figured out the answers to all the questions I've ever asked thus far in my life. Uh, some have come after years and years of studies. Uh, some have just come through, like, I had asked the question and then a lot of time goes by. And then, I, I mean, one in particular, I was in the temple and randomly it came to my mind. And I was like, wow, I totally forgot I'd asked that. Thank you for answering. So I don't know, but I would say if, if you hesitate to ask because you don't believe you'll receive an answer, but you're like, but I... I obviously believe in, in the Holy Ghost and all these things. Then I would say, okay, so what's keeping you from actually believing? What's keeping you from actual faith? And then finally in verse 7, it says, And ye may know that he is by the power of the Holy Ghost. Wherefore, I would exhort you that ye deny not the power of God. For he worketh by power according to the faith of the children of men, the same today and tomorrow and forever. Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ and the Holy Ghost work by the power of our faith. And it's not because they can't work by their own power or they can't, they don't have all power because they do. However, they will not, they will not take away our agency. They will not uh, act in a, as a monarch would. They will not just take away uh, the control you have of your life or the decisions you want to make. That wasn't, that wasn't the plan that Jesus Christ proposed. It was the plan Satan proposed, and, and they aren't going to do that. Um, so not because they don't have all the power, but it's because they do have all the power, and yet they clearly understand the plan. And so I've been, I've been thinking about that, of how that exact, that to me, that, that's why they're gods. It's because, it, can you imagine how, ruin the plan would be if we did go with Satan's plan and like you and I didn't learn anything like you make a mistake and because I've, I've heard it explained this way not now that I want to get into this big old tangent this actually wasn't where my thought was going but it did pop in my head is that I've always thought when Satan proposed his plan that what it would be is that like our lives would be fully controlled but someone explained it to me that actually he just would never give us the law so it would be like you could do anything and it wouldn't be considered sin. But because if you don't have the law, then you can't be punished for it, right? But then you would never, how could you become a god? We become gods because we understand the law and then we 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 follow it. We live it. 
And as we live it, we learn wisdom and, and we learn to have complete control over both our spirits and our bodies. And, uh, and, and that's the path to follow. So anyway, I just, as I, as I ponder and I think about the plan more and more, and I was just talking to a buddy the other day about, you know, Satan's plan was the, was the easy route. (laughs) And he said, you know, it would have been so easy. And I was like, and I just thought, yeah, I just would have got it. It just would not have gotten us anywhere. (laughs) And, uh, anyway, so I digress, but those are the verses that stuck out to me. And, and it, I would encourage you that even if you have a testimony of the Book of Mormon, I this week got down, I read the Book of Mormon, finished it this week, and I've been pondering about it the whole time. That's why we have a podcast, is so that I can share my ponderings. And and I asked once again, and my witness wasn't a huge, massive answer. It was just, yep, still true. But for me, more than just, is the Book of Mormon true, was... I was able to receive witnesses on on all the principles this year that I've been studying and pondering over and have a, a firm testimony that they are true and the gospel is indeed true. Um, so in the next chunk, it says, deny not the gifts of God. And the, there are two verses that stuck out to me from, from this. One was in uh, verses 9 and 10. It says, for behold, to one is given by the Spirit of God that he may teach the word of wisdom, and to another that he may teach the word of knowledge by the same Spirit. And I think it's interesting that those are two separate gifts, the word of wis- to teach by the word of wisdom and to teach by the word of knowledge. The reason this stuck out to me is that in our patriarchal blessings, it tells us certain gifts that we have. I've heard people talk about gifts that they have. Um, they've, they've shared, you know, in my patriarchal blessing, it says that I have the gift of, of blank, fill in the blank, right? And, uh, but then they'll take it like, so that means this, whatever this is, but it doesn't always like fit in my head. I'm like, I don't know if, if that's the actual gift you have. Um, not to, not, not that it's my place to, (laughs) but what I take away from this is, is that the gifts are very like, uh, particular to the person. So if you thought like, oh, well, I can teach the the word of wisdom, right? But but maybe it's actually that you teach the word of intelligence. Um, I don't. Does this make sense? What I'm what I'm going with? What I'm saying is that there are an infinite amount of gifts, and so where one person could be good at teaching history, and another is good at teaching math. Now you. I think sometimes we look at gifts like, oh, I'm good at teaching, but you might not actually be good at teaching math. You're only good at teaching history. And there's nothing wrong with that. But to, I think where people get into trouble is when they believe that they have been given the spiritual gifts that are a lot broader of a range rather than the specifics. And I know for me, I have struggled with that. Um, So I believe that, not that, I've been told this is as far as like, I have the gift of writing, but in my career, I write, that's what I do. But there was a time where I was writing for like extremely businessy pieces where it had to be very locked down. It had to be very precise language and and all this stuff. And like, I wasn't good at it. I wasn't good at it at all. I learned skills along the way, but I did not have the natural gift of writing. And I felt frustrated because I was like, I don't understand. I'm a good writer. So why 
does it feel so frustrating because I'm not good at this? And I learned over time that it's, I am very good at a particular style of writing or in a particular uh, mm, professional setting, but I'm not good at just any type of writing. For instance, I could not sit down and write a textbook. I do not have that gift. I don't want that gift, quite frankly. <laughs> but to me, the, the wisdom that I gained from this is that there are, there are many, many gifts and there's subsections of gifts and the, every gift is unique to the person. So you and I could have very similar gifts and yet we use them in very different ways. And that's, the, that's what makes us unique and that's what makes it so beautiful is that we are all different and we've all been blessed with different gifts. So I don't need to stress myself out that I don't have all the gifts and you don't need to stress out that you don't have all the gifts. I can make up for weaknesses that you have and you can make up for weaknesses that I have and I can learn from you and you can learn from me. And in that way, we're all able to be one eternal family. And, uh, and so that's something that stuck out to me was just uh, recognizing the uniqueness of gifts. The other thing that stuck out was in verse 17, it says, and all these gifts come by the spirit of Christ and they come unto every man severally according as he will. We receive often multiple gifts and we can develop gifts. So I might not be, I might not have the gift of, oh, let me just pick a random verse and the interpreter, the interpretation of language. I might not have that gift. And I can say that I don't have that gift. I might not, but, but that doesn't mean that I can't develop that gift. And if it's something that I desire, I should develop that gift. So don't let, just because you don't have these natural gifts, number one, be grateful for the natural gifts that you do have and learn what those are and, and then develop those. But also don't let that stop you from developing other gifts. God wants us to develop all the gifts um, because he has all the gifts. He didn't just start out with all the gifts. He developed over an eternity. And so we will have that same opportunity. I might not be the best basketball player now, but in eternity, I will be dunking on LeBron James. Okay. <laughs> but I just think, um, yeah, I think when I think of goals, a lot of the times what I'm actually thinking about is what gifts can I be developing and, uh, and what, what can I be doing to help further the work of the Lord and then also to help other people because I like to use my gifts to help other people because they just, I mean, rarely do they help me all that much. For You know, going back to the gift of writing, it is not as much fun if you're just writing for yourself or doing things just for yourself. In the the this next chunk, and I believe it's the last chunk for... The, uh, this section, it says, I can be perfected through the grace of Jesus Christ. Moroni's admonition to come unto Christ involves more than learning about him or thinking about him more often or even trying to harder to keep his commandments, as important as these things are. Rather, this is an invitation to come unto Christ uh, in the most complete sense possible, to become as he is. And I love that. As you read Moroni chapter 10, verses 30 to 33, Notice phrases that help you understand what it means to come to Christ completely, such as lay hold upon every good gift, deny yourselves of all ungodliness, and of course, be perfected in him. How is this possible? Look for answers in Moroni chapter 10, verses 30 to 33. What is the Spirit telling you that you should do to more completely come unto Christ and be perfected in him? And the verse that sticks out to me is in verse 32. Yea, come unto Christ and be perfected in him and deny yourselves all ungodliness. And if you shall deny yourselves of all ungodliness and love God with all your might, mind, and strength, then is his grace sufficient for you, that by his grace you may be perfect in Christ. And if by the grace of God you are perfect in Christ, you can in no wise deny the power of God. Brothers and sisters, we 100% believe in grace. We believe that we are saved by grace. And 
Actually, there's a fantastic book written by Brad Wilcox. It's called The Continuous Atonement. If you haven't read it, it's a very popular book. But something that he re- he says that stuck out to me um, from reading about, about grace and about the atonement, how it's a continuous process, he talks about how he'll ask people if they've been saved by grace, and they'll say yes. And then he says, he says, occasionally I will ask them if they have been changed by grace. Brothers and sisters, we are 100% saved by grace. It is by God's grace that we are saved. And I think the question that we do need to ask ourselves is have we and are we being changed by that grace? And I, be, I believe that takes it a step further and for me, causes me to truly ponder. From the next section, ideas for family, uh, family scripture study and family home evening, I do not have any additional thoughts that I wish to share. I love a lot of these activities and I plan on doing them with my family this week. However, I have no no ponderings that I would like to share. But in the last where it says improving personal study, it says look for Jesus Christ. The purpose of the Book of Mormon and all scripture is to testify of Jesus Christ. What do you learn about Jesus Christ in Moroni 10? What do you feel inspired to do to come unto him? And when I think of Christ's story, I think of Jerusalem. I think of Nazareth. I think of Galilee. I think of the miracles he wrought there. Um, I think of you know, turning water into wine in the pools of Bethesda, of helping people who couldn't walk and miraculously uh, healing them so that they could. I think of his ministry, and and I, I think of just the New Testament. That's really what I think of when I think of the Christ story. To me, the importance of the Book of Mormon for my life is that it proves that God cares about all of us, and he cares about all of his children, and not just those that were in Jerusalem when he was there. My testimony from the Book of Mormon is strengthened because, to me, I know of a surety that he cares about me, um, and I know he cares about you. Like I know that, and the Book of Mormon to, helps truly prove that to me, that even though they weren't there, they weren't in Jerusalem. They didn't get to see the things firsthand. The Book of Mormon proves that he still came to them anyway. He did have other sheep, and he went to them, and even, you know, Nephi's family, Lehi's family, I guess, right? They leave Jerusalem. They're guided to leave, and they're brought to the Promised Land. They're brought to America. He didn't, he didn't stop, th- like, caring and looking after that family, even though, and we st- we have the record of the Old Testament shows he was taking care of, of his Old Testament children, like Daniel and the, the entire record. Like all, all of a sudden, I draw a blank on any other name. <laughs> um, but in, in, in seriousness to me is that the Book of Mormon proves that he loves all of his children, that he really does... He is a loving, eternal Heavenly Father who who loves us and cares about us. And I don't just need to feel it because I have tangible proof and evidence from the Book of Mormon. That's what it means for me. It provides direction, provides guidance, and my life is infinitely better for having it, for studying it, and from learning from it. Um, Truly, every good thing I have comes from my knowledge and my testimony 
of the gospel, what I've learned from the Book of Mormon, what I've learned from the New Testament, uh, even the Old Testament, even though some of the stuff is very confusing, the Doctrine and Covenants, which I'm so excited to, uh, to be studying next year, uh, the Pearl of Great Price, all the prophets, uh, all the scriptures that we have. So yeah, that's what the Book of Mormon means to me. Not a not not, not a very concise <laughs> what it means to me, but but that's what's most important. And so those are the thoughts that I have to share with you from this lesson in Moroni ten. And although next week is the Christmas lesson, I am very excited for that. I cannot believe that we are already at Christmas time. I really can't. Feels like. 2020 was both the longest and the shortest year. Um, I I know that nothing magically changes the moment it turns 2021, but it does feel. Uh, it just it feels like it just a, I don't know, just a weird time. I don't even know how to explain it. Like unique, weird, all of the above. So I do want to just take this moment, as I wrap up, to. To thank you all. I hope you join me next week for for the Christmas lesson. But just thank you for for joining me in this podcast. And this has been a really fun experience. I am going to continue. There will be a season two for the Doctrine and Covenants. Um, So I will continue that. I posted last week on Instagram, on the Family Room Discussions Instagram page, that I would love feedback on changes on improvements that you think could be made, whatever they might be. And I, I really would love any feedback. So you can either leave a message on uh, on Instagram. You can send me a message there. Or, and I've been trying to think about this, is like, because I know a lot of people are would probably like to remain anonymous. I'll think about it, and I will post, I will share maybe how to leave anonymous suggestions. That way you don't need to feel... I'm actually very open to feedback. Truly, I do not have very thick skin and love improving. But uh, but I will I will ponder this week ways that maybe we could do an anonymous feedback system if you'd like to be like, well, Dolan, quite frankly, you just go on and on and on. If you could just stop doing that, that would improve my life. And you're like, I don't want, to, I don't want him to know that I'm the one that said that. We'll figure it out. And I will let you know next week. I do want to bear my testimony of the Book of Mormon. I feel like it's kind of fitting because it's Moroni 10. And it's the last of the uh, of the Book of Mormon. But brothers and sisters, I truly do know that the Book of Mormon is the is a true testament of Jesus Christ. It, these people were real. They are real. They really are on the other side of the veil. They not only existed, but they dedicated their life to to teaching the gospel, to bringing about positive change, and most importantly for me, they lived, they lived in such a way that their examples can be learned from 2,000 years later, in 2020, the year of years. I am so grateful that we do have this record. I am grateful that they took the time to write down. I can barely keep my own personal journal, and yet they were able to 
to keep this record. And it was brought forth through multiple miracles. Sometimes it feels like countless miracles, actually. And as we get to Doctrine and Covenants, we'll talk about more of that as well. But uh, I just, I, I sit in awe that here I am, I have this record that has changed my life. And it continues to change my life. Every day that I, I read it, that I learn from it, my life is better. There's nothing eloquent I can truly say other than, brothers and sisters, this book is true. It came forth by the hand of God. And if you will, if you will truly um, ask God if it's true, I know for sure, I know for sure, that you will receive a witness of that. If you live by the principles of this book, your life will get better. You will draw closer to Jesus Christ. You will come to know Jesus Christ, and he will become a best friend. Not just a friend, he will become a best friend. And everything in the world just seems to get brighter when that's, when that's the case. When he's your best friend, it's tough to see dark and gloomy days, uh, even if bad things happen. And so that's my testimony, and I, I leave it with you in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Um, brothers and sisters, thank you. Thank you for joining me in this family room discussion. And please share your ideas, your questions, and your insights that you gained from Moroni 10 and just the entire Book of Mormon with me. Until we meet again, have a blessed week.